Hi, everyone, and welcome to Four Years of Faith, a podcast on Catholicism in college. My name is Mary Joy Kozak, and I'm joined, as always, by my smart and all-around terrific co-host, Kevin Jackson. That is so nice of you to say, MJ. How, how did you come up with those amazing descriptions for me? You know what? I was just thinking we just spend so much time in meetings together that, I don't know, I just felt an inclination to say it. Wow, that's really kind of you. I wish I could say the same about you, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How's it going? It is going well. It's going well. I mean, senior year is wrapping up. It's kind of crazy. I know. I know. And we've got a uh, pretty cool event coming up this evening. Mm, we do. We do. Yeah, we have Catholic Ministry. They're putting on a Faith After Georgetown panel tonight, um, which actually Kevin is moderating. So it should be pretty good. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, this podcast is just a warm-up for my moderating later this evening. So. Well, hey, hey, also we've got a, co- a couple good people on the panel. We've got Father Carnes, um, who's a wonderful Jesuit on campus, as well as Michelle, who was on our podcast episode just a few episodes ago. That's right. And I'm not upset that there's a wine and cheese reception afterwards. I'm really not sure how we got Catholic Ministry to pay for that, but hey, here we are. Should be a good time. Catholic Ministry is known for all their free food. Um, But I'm excited as well, and I'm also excited for our conversation that we're having today on the show. Uh, We've got a topic that we think is going to be really relevant for college students. Um, It's faith in the digital age. So today we'll explore how technology can be both useful and harmful to our experiences of faith. And as always, we have a terrific guest joining us. That's right. We are thrilled to welcome Brian Enriquez to our show today. Brian is a 2015 graduate of a little Catholic school in South Bend, Indiana called Notre Dame. You might have heard of it. The uh, second oldest Catholic school, I think, in the country. And we won't hold that against him, though. He's worked as a public sector consultant and is the head of customer success for Hallow, a Catholic meditation app. So, Brian, first of all, welcome to the show. And second of all, congrats on your uh, now being full-time with Hallow. Thanks, Kevin. Happy to be here. All right, great. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We're grateful for your time and happy we could all meet up before you leave D.C. Um, So to start off, Today, we're hoping that you could give us a quick summary of your background and how you came to this point in your career. Yeah, absolutely. And so before we get into that, um, while we may be the second oldest Catholic school, we definitely have the best football team. That's so we'll, <laughs> well, we'll hold that against you, you guys. Bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. So happy to talk a bit about myself. So I was born in Puerto Rico, um, left the island when I was two years old, uh, and then moved a little bit around in the middle of the country. Um, following sort of uh, my dad's job trajectory, and ended up landing in none other than Mississippi. Um, so I was there, I uh, spent a few years on the coast in Biloxi, and then grew up and went to high school in Meridian, Mississippi. A lot of people know it um, because they drive through Meridian to get to Tuscaloosa for the University of Alabama football games. Um, but nonetheless, had a great time there. I moved to Indiana for school. Um, so I studied economics and political science, so kind of an econ and poli-sci nerd. Uh, interested in sort of the intersection between wealth and power and, and the human experience. Uh, then ended up uh, getting a job here in D.C. So I've been here um, almost four years. So sort of the end of the chapter as I've now um, last week given notice of my work and I'm now pursuing Hallow uh, full-time. So I'm really excited to be the fifth full-time member of the team. I'm happy to talk a little bit more about sort of what we're doing. Um, but in essence, this started about a year and a half ago with my college roommate, um, which is a classic from Notre Dame, uh, Alex Jones. We were on the phone one day, and he was just like, hey, like, how did you learn how to pray? Like, honestly, like, how did you learn? Did, when were you taught? And I actually paused and thought about it, and I said, well, I mean, I guess it's my, my parents when I was a little kid, but I haven't gotten much instruction or guidance since then. And so from that one question um, came Hallow. So 
we're really excited um, to have been working on it. Um, we've been in the App Store now for about four months. We've broken 15,000 downloads, which is awesome, and about 50,000 prayers have been completed on our app. So, Yeah, so as we mentioned, the main topic we'd like to dive into today is the intersection between faith and technology, living out our faith in this increasingly digital age. Uh, and so we think it would be good to get a little bit more of your personal perspective, especially as it relates to Hallow in this, in this area. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background um, when you first kind of had an interaction with faith and technology in the same uh, kind of context. Sure. So I think it's helpful to give a little bit of context. Um, so at school, much like you know students at other college campuses, there's the the constant stress of FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. So you've got you've got exams, you've got your social life, um, you're trying to balance you know calling home with your parents and making sure that they're happy. Uh, you have to figure out your life and you know internships and jobs. So there's a lot of stress, but I also feel like there's a lot of um, support. At least that was my experience on campus at Notre Dame. You know, it was one of those things where if you wanted to go to Mass um, or sort of explore your faith, there was no shortage of opportunities. There was a chapel in each dorm, and so if you really wanted to, you could go in your PJs um, you know, on a like, 10 p.m. Mass on Sunday, and a lot of people did. Um, and I feel like it's sort of uh, real life hit me uh, in the face like a truck. Uh, when you graduate. So sort of the support net the network that you've sort of come to uh, appreciate and get used to, you realize you've taken it for granted. And then when you come into the real world and you have a job, you don't really have all your friends um, supporting you in that way. And so I think that's where technology really came in for me. Um, so I think it's as simple as just having phone calls. So I spent a lot of time just chatting with my friends, as I mentioned, Alex, and just, you know, keeping up the, the fellowship and the community. Um, and then, you know, sort of the, the stressors changed into the professional sense. So you're busy, you know, at work trying to get, you know, um, your feet under you, trying to understand how to do a new job, trying to navigate the, the politics of whatever organization you're in. Um, and as I mentioned, you're also probably, if you're still going to church, you're probably new um, at that parish. And so that was difficult to sort of uh, be involved in a church that was a completely different demographic. It was most, you know, mostly... Um, people who were between 35 and 50, they had families, they weren't necessarily young adults who were exploring their faith. So I feel that, you know, we each turn to our own um, sort of coping mechanisms um, to, to find that. So I joined Kickball League and I tried to get involved in, you know, different things in my community. And then we also sort of started exploring on the technology side um, some of the popular meditation apps. Um, so these apps have been out there for a little bit, and they have some of them have more um, Eastern spirituality that involves sort of meditation, similar to yoga. Um, and so after using some of those, we felt that while they are definitely helpful, um, and they do sort of help to find a moment where you can just kind of pause and be a little bit more reflective in your day, we felt that it was sort of lacking. We wanted something more. Felt like it was an opportunity to use that same space to connect with our faith um, and felt that really what was out there wasn't satisfying any of that. So from that, that was the, the conversation that, you know, we started having. So Alex, um, Eric, Alessandro, um, you know, Joe and Abby and Francis, some of the folks on, on our team started kicking around the idea of, okay, so we, we like some of these apps, but there's something missing. You know, what, what could we do to, to help um, kind of bridge that gap? And that's where I think Hala has come in. Mm. Were those more like mindfulness kind of apps that you were experiencing more along those lines? Yeah, absolutely. So these are apps that, you know, you take 10 minutes and you do some sort of mindfulness technique. You know, a lot of them focus on breathing. 
um, but they don't necessarily have anything related to scripture, for example, um, or reflecting on, um, you know, like Jesus and, and sort of his teachings. So we did feel that there were a lot of, there's a lot of content out there um, that's religious and that y- there is that intersection of faith and technology. For example, these Bible apps that are very popular, they have a lot of downloads and people are using them to in- engage with scripture in that way. And I think that's one of the ways that uh, sort of in this digital age, we're seeing people interacting with their faith. Instead of going to church, they're sort of interacting at, at a more personal level with, with Scripture, for example. And we felt that there was an opportunity to, to use some of these mindfulness techniques and really sort of combine them with prayer, which really prayer is a form of, of mindfulness, if you think about it. Um, and so that's when we started sort of recording some of these sessions. And these sessions can be anywhere between as short as five minutes to as long as 30 to 35 minutes, um, and they have a range of different um, topics from love, humility, to um, doing Stations of the Cross and really being reflective on what each station means, um, and we're also doing some content on the saints, so we're pretty excited about that. That's coming down the pike. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's, that thing, that's one of the ways that we're trying to bridge that gap is bring in sort of the content that's already been out there that's been proven over you know thousands of, of years and bring it into sort of the, um, the modern world where it really is about the you know us the, the consumer how we consume knowledge and and the world around us is through technology so we just think it's the logical next step no totally and so obviously as we know technology does play uh, an extremely significant role in our everyday lives today uh, so people tend to think that technology is a distraction i mean part of it is if you look around georgetown here everyone's looking at their phone every other minute airpods in airpods in exactly i just bought mine from the apple store the other day so airpods (laughs) apple watch everything is all the time buzzers constantly alarms constantly going off you're only going to use your airpods for hallow though right (laughs) exactly exactly um so (laughs) there's it's it's fair that people would think that technology is a distraction um, at points in time um and i think sometimes it causes people to be you know less present to the world around them um, so why do you think this is an issue, and what can we do about it? And especially, I guess, within the context of faith. Sure. So I think, not to state the obvious, but I think in my perspective, sort of, technology is a tool, right? And like any tool, it can be misused for whoever the the user is. And I think I, I saw the most recent statistic uh, was about you know, 80 times. So uh, during the normal day, uh, the average person will check their phone 80 times. Um, so that <laughs> is a significant amount of this. It's a little scary when you when you reflect on it. Um, but yeah, so I think there's definitely sort of a pervasiveness of technology, and the fact that it's so available is is tempting for us to be constantly stimulated by it, right? To have that that hit of dopamine when you see a text message, or you want to stay up to date with whatever is happening with the Kardashians, you know, you want to be on on Apple News or you know checking to see what's going on on Twitter. So I think that that definitely. Um, can be an issue. I think the key reason uh, relates to relationships. So there's there's two dimensions, right? There's sort of the relationships that you have with your your peers, and then there's the relationship that you have with God, which is more on on the faith side. So I think for the peers, it's sort of a lack of being present. You'll hear people talk about being present, and I think that really just comes down to where your focus is. And so if you have something that is easy for you to be distracted by, you're, you're doing many things poorly instead of doing a few things very well. And so I think what that comes down to is you're uh, on a date with somebody and then someone keeps texting you and so you're not fully invested 
or you're having a conversation with your mom over the phone and, oh, something's happening on, on the, the football game, so you really want to watch the football game. And so I think it's this sort of the splitting of your attention and the, the, the competition for it mm-hmm. that can be so destructive to your relationships with your peers because you're not you're either not paying attention, you're going to forget what they said, you may not um, be engaged in such a way that you remember the conversation you know, a few days later. So when someone brings it up again, you, you may have forgotten that you even had the conversation. So I think that's definitely not a good thing. I think on the faith side, it comes up most obviously, for me at least, in doing some reflection when you go to Mass. When you go to Mass, you know, it's, it's typically the priest getting up and, and you go through sort of the, the, you know, the readings and then there's the homily, which is the great moment where you get spoken to and you're sitting there and you may, you know, so your, your phone may buzz and you may not want to look at it and then you're distracted and you're thinking about something else and you're not invested in the Mass. And I think that's something that sort of comes up pretty often that, that I hear. But I think it's also a double-edged sword, right? It's also an opportunity to, to change that, that focus and sort of neutralize the negative effects and then use it for good, which is one of the reasons why we decided to make Hallow a primarily um, an audio experience as opposed to a visual one. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's so many things where you've got these, these text messages and these and, you know, Instagram and you've, you've got a lot of visual stimulation. We felt that it would be great to create something that when you're in it, you're not looking at the phone. So when you, you play a session of Hallow, you're going to be guided through the entire session and you don't have to look at your phone at all. And during that, that five to 15 minutes, you can close your eyes and you can really sort of take in the experience. And the phone has been sort of neutralized. You're not getting text messages. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're putting it on, on do not disturb. So you're, you're not getting that, that constant barrage. And then for that moment, you found a space for you to encounter God, or at least we hope to sort of engage in your faith. That's amazing. Yeah, and I think you hit the point that we wanted to bring up as well, that, you know, it there are dangers to technology, and they can be that draw away from us, but I think Hal is a great example. We can use it well. Uh, one thing you said that really struck me was that technology, and you were talking about the mindfulness apps a little bit, they're very personal. Like Everything that you put on your phone, everything you experience on your uh, news feed, on Twitter or something like that, it's kind of tailored for you. So I think that having an app in that same space that allows you to pray and enter a space with God can be equally as personal, but also building out that relationship with God, which I think is probably a little bit more productive sometimes than checking your Twitter feed nonstop. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things, so um, being in charge of customer success, I, I get to interact with users and, and work with the team. And so um, I know Eric just um, pulled the results on our most recent survey and was sharing that with me before I came over here. And one of the things that came up consistently um, was sort of two themes. One was around, am I doing this right? That was the question that most users would encounter when they're out in the world and they're not using Halo. When they're just trying to pray, they've got their eyes closed, they're in their bed, they're at church, and they're like, okay, am I doing this? Is, is the big guy upstairs hearing me? You know, is, Am I doing this correctly? And then another one um, was, how do I do it so that it becomes a habit? Or how do I do it on a daily basis or a weekly basis? And it's that discipline. As you said, people are already in the habit of checking their phone 80 times a day. So if you can kind of latch on to that already kind of ingrained habit and bring faith into that, I think that's an incredible opportunity to get into. You don't have to reinvent someone's routine. It's just giving them something a little bit more beneficial within that routine. Absolutely.
So we've talked about how there's a side to technology, uh, social media and all that, that actually can be positive and beneficial. So in what ways can we as people of faith, um, especially for college students, which obviously is the target of our podcast, um, how can college students benefit from this technology? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think there's probably two key ways that come to mind. I think the first of which is it'll provide an opportunity for you to do your own, to, to do digging and, and sort of do exploring um, of your faith at your pace. So I've encountered multiple times when I'm having a conversation with somebody, and this is especially true when I was in college and having sort of explored through conversations about, for example, okay, well, why is there evil in the world? If God is so good, why is there evil in the world? And then having those conversations and then realizing that there are certain passages that someone brings up that you didn't even know was brought up. And so you say, oh, I'm going to keep reading that because I think that's interesting. Or you start Googling or, you know, start doing searching on, well, well, what about this? And you just Google that question and see what, what people are discussing. So I think having the ability to do more digging when you have those moments, sort of right then and there, when, sort of striking when the iron is hot, if you will, as opposed to saying you'll do it later, you'll go to a library like people would do in the past. You, you may, may or may not have done that, whereas now you have the accessibility to, to explore when you want to. And then I think the second piece, especially it's the so, sort of social media, there's a lot of uh, content and there's a lot of, um, let's say, distributors of the content that are very helpful. So, for example, Father Mike Schmitz or Bishop Robert Barron, so these, these Catholic personalities that are, you know, I think, have been tremendously effective in, in sharing sort of these important messages and, and really asking a lot of the, the tough questions um, and then posing you to reflect on it can be really helpful. Um, and I think that second piece is also closely related to the community aspect, which is also what I'm working on at Hallow. Um, I think it's the ability to connect with others that are like-minded. So I think in college, it's, uh, you know, maybe, like I said, I took it for granted. So I would speak to, to your question uh, to college students when you move to a new city, or even maybe when you're in an internship over the summer, try to find other um, like-minded, whether it be sophomores or juniors that are in a new city, they're trying to explore their faith, and then also, you know, do all the college stuff as well, you know, going out and, and ha- you know, doing well in your internship and that sort of thing. I think connecting with people who are going through the same sort of thing that you are is, I think, in- incredibly helpful, and technology is a way to, 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 to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I know Kevin and I are both big fans, in addition to all the other people you mentioned. Uh, we're, Kevin and I are both big fans of Dynamic Catholic. Around Lent and Advent, they have every morning where they send you a video, and watch a video is a great way to start out a day. Um, I think that's clearly a way that technology has a positive impact. I mean, even actually the way I first heard about Hallow, kind of funny, uh, Notre Dame every day sends out uh, the gospel as well as a reflection. And so I actually first ha- read about Hollow um, when the CEO, Alex, wrote a reflection, um, and at the bottom it mentioned Hollow. So actually it was really neat when, before I had even talked to Brian, I already had Hollow on my phone. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and, and like I said, I think that, you know, we uh, have just learned so much, um, and it's been sort of a journey for us as creating it, which I think has been great, as opposed to us being sort of these um, – these experts that are sharing sort of, you know, the knowledge we've had for, for decades. Yeah, I was going to say, you kind of just alluded to it there. It, it seems like there's almost, when we're talking about technology and faith, there's almost two kinds of content. And one is 
going out and looking for answers to something and seeking information and Matthew Kelly's videos a lot of times will tell you tell you about something or inform you about something and then I think Hello is a little different because it's helping an individual to kind of find that within themselves and go deeper in reflection so I think both those kinds of content can be really valuable yeah no absolutely I mean I think the fact that you're uh, when you're using Hallow, you're being sort of prompted to reflect on your own life, that's going to look, the same session could have a million different outcomes mm. depending on who's using it. And I think that's one of the cool things um, about it is that it's not necessarily just somebody praying to you, but rather asking you to take action and reflect, um, which I think is something that at least I did not do at all, really, um, outside of trying to stuff it in before I go to bed, you know, it's you, you, your head hits the pillow and you're like, oh my God, I have all these things to do and then hold on, let me try to pray really quick. Um, so having some time that's set aside either in the morning or before you even uh, get into bed, I think is, has been helpful for me. Well, and I think that brings up the whole point that's really neat about our faith is the fact that, you know, even though we have a shared faith in the way that we express it, um, we have a shared way that we express our Catholic faith, it's still on such an individual level. And, you know, our relationship with God is so personal that, you know, the way I pray is different than the way other people pray. And I think that's what's neat as we've, we're talking about both having that shared experience and that, you know, community and growing with other people, but then also having that individual relationship. Agreed. And I think a, a lot of the, you know, the forms of technology and media we've been talking about are great for, for both of those things. What, what do you think about podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'd stay away from those. <laughs> Yeah, they're a little sketchy. Um, Brian, we always like to end with a little bit of a fun question. And despite our earlier uh, jest, we don't actually dislike Notre Dame. My brother went to Notre Dame, uh, also named Brian. And, it's a great uh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only way he could be better is if he went to Georgetown, right? I know, I know. So. <laughs> Just kidding, Brian Seriously. Jackson. I haven't Seriously. met you yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're wondering, as, a, uh, as someone who lived in South Bend for four years, what is the coldest temperature you ever experienced in South Bend, Indiana. You could go maybe wind chill or the actual temperature. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was walking uh, I was walking from my dorm to class. Uh, and then, you know, sort of right in front of the stadium, just got lambasted with a uh, wind chill <laughs> that just literally pierced my North Face jacket and just I, I felt my, uh, my chest started to turn red. I think we were at negative 30 with the wind chill. Um, so that was pretty, pretty brutal. You, you know it's bad when your hands are in a pretty thick glove and it still starts to burn because it's so cold. That's, yeah, it's, it's not the best. <laughs> well, wow. we're, we're, glad you, uh, we're glad you made it out through that. We are glad. And you know what? We're glad for all of our listeners from Georgetown that they <laughs> chose Georgetown. There you go, silver lining. This is a silver lining. We like Notre Dame. Don't worry. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you taking the time, especially with uh, all the changes you have going on right now. So thanks for your time, for your insight, and uh, we appreciate the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian, and thank you for listening to Four Years of Faith, a podcast on Catholicism in college. I'm Kevin Jackson. And I'm Mary Joy Kozak. We'll see you next time.